You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Have you guys told your kids, Santa's coming next year? Jacob, don't do that. That's true. And I'm a yeah. dipshit. I go, hey, Jennings, what's Santa bring you? Stumped him. It was kind of funny. He what was did like, he say? Uh, I don't remember because he was like, he's not real. Does he not know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to break the news to anybody. Aww. Braden might still believe. That's sweet. I look at my shirt. So, I'm big on Santa. How was everybody's weekend? Good. Fun. Very good. Uh you, you missed the story earlier, but I nearly killed myself several times. On my I bought it I bought a one wheel. So for anybody for the for you I think you guys know it because I've been talking about it a lot. But for the audience, it is an electric skateboard that only has one wheel. It's this giant like NASCAR tire. And it's it's like literally that big around. And I haven't skateboarded since I was in like middle school, but I used to be really into BMX and I have never snowboarded. I have never surfed, but I bought this thing because I'm having a midlife crisis, I guess. <laughs> it's better than a Harley, I guess. Yeah. You know, right. Cheaper. I mean, it's, it's cheaper, but it was not cheap. Maybe, maybe not as less dangerous. Yeah. So, uh, my wife's not happy about it cause she says I'm going to kill myself. Uh, but did so you wear far, any protection? No, nah, I'm wearing a helmet and I have been wearing gloves. Yesterday, my son wanted to go ride and I, I had like quarter battery life left i'm like yeah let's go tool around in the neighborhood and i put my helmet on but i didn't put my gloves on because i didn't plan on being stupid and then last three minutes he says let's go down to this end of the street and race back and i'm like okay and then competitive. you know kind of going fast and this thing is super punchy i mean i've already gotten it up to 20 miles per hour and which is insane does it have a, rem- a no, hand remote it's all about so leading, just lean lean Ooh. and so i leaned and i zipped up and he thought it was funny because i was like pretending like i was gonna pass him and then he gets ahead of me and i bloop, and then if you lean too hard it will push back but if you lean through the pushback you're gone and so i leaned through the pushback i guess it was so fast it happened so fast uh so it was so loud my wife heard it from inside <laughs> like the <laughs> You wouldn't think it'd be that loud, but this this one wheel just like <laughs> bouncing down the street. And my son said, he said, "Daddy, that was crazy. You you hit the pavement and then you bounced and then you kept sliding." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
So we were going to keep riding, but I, I get up and my jeans have exploded. Oh, no. I have like a chunk of my leg is still missing on my street and I, there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, <laughs> I think we got to wrap it for today. So that, and I also sent myself through a fence with a dog that was trying to bite, bite me. So like, like through got, a wood fence? Yeah, my leg, like I, I, I came, I was coming down a hill and hit some leaves and that one wasn't as bad, but my leg, I have scrapes on that leg too now uh, from sliding under the fence. Oh. And the dog's like, ah, ah, ah. it's like Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was my weekend, but so it was can awesome. you use this thing on grass? That's what I was about to ask. I like, have not gotten that good yet. I started thinking that'd be easier to learn, and it was not. It was uh, boom, boom, boom. so like a NASCAR tire. Is it like a slick tire? Mm-hmm. Like so it you doesn't have buy, ridges. You can buy treads, but I, I I'm oh. get some chains. Not going to do that because the. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly going to be riding on the road, so this okay. is better for the road. Okay. Um, but you can do – so I thought I'd be able to do, like, fine pebble. I tried that over the parklands where apparently you're not supposed to have motorized vehicles. Didn't realize that, but I, mm. I did it anyways. Does that count? I guess. I don't know. I'm, mm. I'm probably going to do it until they tell me not to. There's but, a lot of uh, people over there on electric skateboards. I bet are you they? Can, uh, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, they'll go 20 miles per hour and I can run from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it – uh, I did – dude, I did seven miles on it yesterday. 500 feet elevation climb through all the uh, the S curves and everything. So that battery life is crazy. That was only 47 percent of the battery. Like I, I, that was, it's nuts. It's it's truly crazy. I came home and rode it uh, until I died. Almost died. So, so you're you're happy with your purchase then? Yeah. So anyways, was, I haven't got to tell you guys how awesome it is. But Braden was like, you could bring it over to the office and let people try it out. And I was like, you guys aren't stepping on this thing. I'm not responsible for your death. <laughs> please, Do it in the parking lot. Off please the ride that at Shot Show. That'd be funny, man. Like, I, I, I'm already like, I could take it to here. Like, I cast. I was like, man, I'll, which I wouldn't do it because you guys wouldn't have one. But all that walking around. <laughs> oh, running yeah. behind you. <laughs> yeah. All like that we running. Walkway. Yeah, that dude rode up on that electric bicycle last year. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So, thing, it, they're like those Segway things. Those yeah. are a lot less cool, I feel like. Yeah. What's funny, though, is like, you can go. You could do it. You can go real slow. And the slower you go, the more you can. It's called carving. Mm-hmm. Like, I've gotten decent at that. But anyways, that was my weekend. Um, I almost killed myself and sent myself through a fence. But And I was telling Erica, like, I am so sore because I, I am, like, not used to using all this upper body. I mean, I, that seven-mile ride was 40 minutes of, like, core, you know. Yeah. You're going to be jacked. So I always judge people when I saw my electric skateboards. I'm like, <laughs> get some exercise like dude it is it is I've, i'm like i can barely this is about as high as i can go without <laughs> extreme discomfort so, so is it weird on your posture like if you've got to kind of like lean into it you is can stand it weird up for straight. that seven miles you can stand totally upright what what i found is like the the carving a little bit mm-hmm. helps with the muscle fatigue because if you're standing up straight it's like it's harder yeah. it's harder to do that Ooh, interesting yeah you went fishing though right i did man yeah, it was like the middle of the week last week, and my oldest son is like, Dad, I want to go fly fishing. Because I had been out a couple times. Liz and I had gone um, to to a creek one day, and he missed out on that and was super bummed. So it was like his last-ditch effort before he went back to school. He wanted to go fly fishing. So um, Brayden and Philly Goat, we're trying to go too, so it just kind of worked out that we were. Oh, you we guys were, were together. Yeah, yeah. And we were we were both trying to get out. Um, I'm looking at the forecast, and it's not supposed to get above freezing until like 2 p.m. Yeah, and so my son has a tolerance, but if there's if he gets hands get cold or if there's any bit of wind, shuts down. It's yeah. like we got to go. So I'm planning to drive two and a half hours, fish maybe an hour. And then head back because I know yeah. he's just going to be cold. So 
We stop it separate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We stop at a gas station on the way there, and the wind is ripping through it. I mean, it's like piercing through my fleece, and I'm I'm just dreading this is going to be miserable. So we get there, get all bundled up and everything, get down to the creek. We're maybe there 15 minutes, and he hooks a little trout. And so he turns to me, and he's like, Dad, it's going to be a good day of fishing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, buddy, let's, let's, let's get after him. And you can tell. So this Hatchery Creek, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It is right next to the hatchery. It's how they release fish into this long, meandering creek that then hits the Cumberland River. And so you can tell in the water when they're releasing fish because you get just all the crap that comes out, mm. like old fish pellets and fish poop comes into the river and so you can see it clouds up and they were releasing fish and so that's always a good sign obviously it makes it easier to fish and then he was using the squirmy worm um which is always good for turbid water so he started catching fish started catching trout Braden and phil show up uh, phil has fly fished before but never caught a trout um so he was excited to get down there and jennings was thrilled you guys were coming like he was oh, like old friends he hadn't seen in a while he's he really excited about <laughs> he's, it he's like i get to meet the philly goat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got his autograph and everything it's a huge deal so you know we're we're fishing there and of course he starts bragging immediately he's catching fish and like he's the best fly fisherman on earth and just stud. So we're we're fishing at the little, the little hatchery section, fish there for a while, catch a few fish, and then there's a break point where it's catch and release, and so there's bigger fish down there. Um, bigger fish come up from the main river and that kind of stuff. So he wants to come down there and try to catch fish. But it's tighter. There's a lot more brush and trees and weeds and stuff. And so I get him in the spot, the same spot where I caught the big one a couple weeks ago. I always know there's bigger fish in that hole. And so he, he tries a few casts and he's struggling with it. And I said, buddy, let, let me cast it out there, get it, get one hooked and then I'll give it to you. And so he, he, it it snowed the night before. So he's over there like making snowballs, just kind of hanging out for a little bit. (laughs) I probably put dozen, 15 casts or so through there and hooked one. It was smaller. I brought it in, got it off real quick. And then again, maybe three or four casts later, same thing um it's a better fish like i can feel it as soon as i set the hook and so i'm yelling at him come over and he grabs a rod and i hand it to him and point of reference like he's never fought a fish he's fishing in ponds you get a bass you just crank on them get them in trout are different you can't pull on them you can't horse them around their mouths are you know a little softer and so you know, I'm coaching him like, okay, just keep pressure on it, bring the line in. And he, uh, you know, he's fighting. I'm telling him like, bend him this way, take him this way. And he's doing great. So this is like proud dad moment. Cause I know, I know what it's like to fight. You're like, Braden, come watch how to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I called <laughs> I him. Running. I called him over. Um, so then, you know, I've got the net and he had been my net guy all day. So shout out to him. He, he played a good, a good net guy. Yeah. So I get the net out and I'm, I'm coaching him on where to take this fish, where to bring him to. And, you know, we get, we get the net under the fish and he gets to see how big it is. And like, he puts his little hands around it and, you know, it was huge to him. Um, it, it was probably like about, a big fish. It yeah, was a good fish. It was yeah. probably about 16 inches or so. I mean, it was yeah. a solid, solid fish for, for the hatchery. Um, and he was pumped. And then it's like, then he starts playing. He's like, yeah, but hooking, it's the hard part. 
I'm like, buddy, no, man. <laughs> you see how many fish I hook? Like we hook fish all the time that we don't get to the mm-hmm. net. Like this is this is the hardest part is fighting them and fighting a bigger fish and having to you know move them around. And so it was a good little teaching moment for him. And you could see the wheels turning a little bit and it, it started clicking. But just for me, like as a as a parent, to see him fight the fish, get it done, get it to the net, and then holding it and like big proud smile. That's awesome. Um, I'm getting a little little misty like that's to him it blew his mind he kept saying the whole ride home like this is the best day of fishing that's ever awesome. dad Aww. like i love this and can we go do it again next year i'm like buddy we'll get out before next year yeah. so say your dad's the kentucky waterfall yeah <laughs> you're gonna be out soon. there is no shortage of fishing <laughs> in this family um so he had a blast I, I think he caught seven trout throughout the day and you know even when i was a kid my dad would take me out. I, I, you give me like a good hour and I'm messing with worms or yeah. flicking minnows around in the water, or chasing frogs or whatever. He was on it. He would stop for some snacks. He stopped and snacked a couple of times, but he didn't want to leave when it was time to go. We went back up to the top part where it's a little easier so he could catch some more fish. And um, then it started getting close to dinner time, like four o'clock. And so it's like, hey, buddy, we should, we should kind of wrap it up and get to the truck because we got to drive a while to get food okay one more fish dad well each each of us will catch one more fish <laughs> so i hook that one game. i hook one a couple minutes later he hooks one he's like okay one more dad <laughs> we each get one more uh so like that's that's the good stuff like that's what makes me proud that i've always presented the opportunity for them to get out and go um and i try to kind of read where they are and when it's time to shut it down go get ice cream um but yeah, dude, it paid off. He he got to hold a big fish. He was pumped. That's awesome, man. Did you uh were were you Philly Goat's daddy? I was Philly Goat's daddy. Uh Philly Goat has <laughs> mentored me throughout the the hunting uh experience. So we we went out Friday and struck out for one last time. Um and so it ended our hunting season. Um and he's I've been telling him how much like how much fun fly fishing is and the the creeks around and stuff like that and he just he really hadn't done it before, so um, getting him out was really fun and, um, we got him on a, a brown trout, like immediately. Like, I mean, it was, well, not immediately, I guess. Um, he was fishing for a while. You got to earn your stripes. And, you and get it that Jacob and Jennings are like just pulling them in one after another, like right next to me and Phil and Phil's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like he wasn't <laughs> saying anything, but he's just like trying to figure it out where he was hooking them. And so we were talking about like how it's different than catching a bass. Cause he was doing what I used to do, which is like. You hook a bass and you freaking like you set it and you bully him in or whatever. And so talking to him about that, like pick up the phone, it's different. And he kind of had that idea down, but then it was just like kind of a dry spell. And Jacob's like, "Hey man, can I give you some flies? Like, can I get you a setup?" And Phil's like, "Yeah, for sure." And like I don't know, three or four casts, boom, he hits one and pulls it in. And so we got some got some pictures and it was really cool. Um, and then he caught a rainbow shortly after that. And I was like, okay, cool. Time to take the training wheels off. And I was messing with my, I had like the worst day of my life with my rod and reel. I don't know what my problem was. Is this worse than the ICAST rat nest? No. Okay. Well, uh, equal. I had several that were equal. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for calling that out. (laughs) You didn't have a guide to unfurl that one. Yeah. I was just cutting. And I'll, I'll say I didn't cast this rod because I didn't want to do this, (laughs) but Braden, cast this thing and in rat nest like the rat's nest was so bad that the guy comes down looks at it and he's like 
nope, I got a guy for that. <laughs> yep. He goes back and sends another guy down because it was uh, Braden sitting there and Braden won't, guy comes down. Braden's like, nah, man, I'm getting this. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And that guy's like, dude, just give it here. And <laughs> Braden's, Braden's going and going. And then, like, what, what that guy had it in, like, oh, seconds. Seconds. <laughs> hey, I've never seen someone get a, a – well, it's like when you go – if you go out with guides, like I, I'm always – He was like, a guide. I, oh, yeah. the record show. He's like, I do this all the time. I, if you ever go out with fishing guides, it's amazing how fast they untangle stuff. Well, and to, to make it hurt even worse, mm. you know, let's get some digs in. <laughs> I have a reel similar to that, and those spools are very hard to rat this. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Let me defend myself here. So he's like – the guide is down there. They're showing off this bait caster, and so he's like launching it over the pond into like the grass on the other side of the pond. And so I, I go out and I do a pedestrian cast and like, Oh, that's cool. And I reel it in. And I was like, I'm going to throw it in the grass over there yeah, and playing freaking, baseball, crow oh, hopping it. Yeah. Chucked it. And that's when it was just like, <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I basically, I didn't catch any fish, but, uh, Phil caught five. And so he caught two up at the top and then we took him, like down past where you can actually keep the fish and all that into where there's like all the wild fish and stuff. And, um, we didn't do what we normally do. Normally we'll like walk the entire Creek all the way down to the steps. Um, but we got, I don't know, like probably 20% down the Creek. So we got something to go back for and, uh, try to make a longer trip of it. But it was a really good day of like him getting the hang of it. And now he's like, thanks guys. Like now I'm addicted to, yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is like crack. I was like, it might be more expensive. I'm not sure. <laughs> like it's a, it's a rough habit to have. I, uh, I, this so. whole time I'm just debating it. Which goat are you? Like, are you the Billy goat with the Philly goat or are uh, you like the nanny goat in this nanny? situation? Mm. You, you're the mommy, the nursing, the, nanny. Little, the little nursing nanny, like come here. I don't Philly. know. I've been, I've been kind of a baby goat most of the year. And then it was fun to kind of be, like not just nanny. like you're the nanny I'll, I'll be the nanny i don't care whatever it was fun though i enjoyed it getting to take him into something he hadn't done before um instead of just following him around all the time but thankfully jacob was there to kind of my mentor was mentoring back to him so it was cool that is cool i mean that's what it's all about is trying something new like that yeah. literally my wife's like why the hell do you want a one wheel and i'm like i, I don't know i just want to do something different yeah, it's like it's, it's something I don't know how to do, and yeah, you know, I I want to challenge myself, and yeah, that's like how you keep mentally sharp and honestly, physically young is trying new things outdoors, like find yeah. a new way to go out and have some fun. So yeah, you know, that's what that's one of the things I love most about hunting and fishing because it's not hunting a whitetail and fishing for a bass. It is fly fishing for a trout, a bass, saltwater. Like there's so many different, and it's yeah. not. A to A. Yeah. No. You know, it's totally different. You got to throw out how you fly fish or conventional fish for bass when you go and try yeah. to fish for yeah. a, a, a bonefish or a redfish. Like, it's yeah. totally different. Totally. Yeah. Me, being a beginner as often as you can is, is a great thing, I yeah. think. Like, anytime you can, like, humble yourself to suck at something <laughs> is, is really good. And that's, like, um, he was like, I've fly fished before. Like, I think I can get the hang of this or whatever. And, like, seeing him try to set the hook on a trout, it's, like, it's totally different. It's it's not bass. Like, yep. the the method is one thing, but then, like, targeting a different species and, like, learning, like, where they hang out and what they eat and what they're like. And it's just, I mean, you can do that most of your life, I feel like, with hunting and fishing. There's so many different things you can go do that, like, 
you don't have you'll never master everything yeah. well and and i know you don't like doing you and i have different uh ideas of fun when it comes to fishing like you're a finesse guy you really like working on them and you know, like getting to that hook set um, whereas I liked in saltwater, I'm like, I want a guy to just take me to where they are. And then I love the fight. <laughs> the fight like that, yeah. like, and, and to me, having done that across a few different big species now, like I, I still don't, you, you think like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to strong arm this redfish. And then this thing just kicks your tail. Like, and, well, then he gets eaten by a shark cause he didn't come up fast. Yeah. Enough. But, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but like that to me is something totally different than what I can experience here. And that's like, if I went back to, well, uh, you know, whenever I end up back in Florida again, I'll probably be like, I want to do something else. Like I, I love trying something new. Did you guys end up doing, I can't remember if we talked about it. Did you guys go out on a boat when you were? No. No. Well, no, no, no. Tim did. Tim did. Yeah. Okay. What, Tim did he, what did he end up fishing for? I don't know. You know, did he, did he bring snapper. back any fish? Uh, I think it was the day before snapper opened. We did bring back fish. Mm. I don't know what it was. Are you sure he went fishing and didn't like pick up some fish from the grocery yeah, store? <laughs> there were pictures. <laughs> <laughs> they were Photoshop. pinkish in color. She's like, I couldn't see his face now that I think about it. Right. They were all from behind. <laughs> I don't know. Snapper or pink? Yeah. Well, maybe they were. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. All right. It's been we, a long we time won't ago. say here that you kept snapper before season opened. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I don't they know. They taste good. Now that we think about it, this trip was definitely in snapper season. Oh, <laughs> yes. But he went with a guide, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, was yeah. it was like a whole boat. Yeah, like, they don't the mess around. No, they're not going to mess around with their license. Well, no. that's cool. Would you do anything for like New Year's or anything? Like, uh, um, or, were, or were you just like sheltering in place? And, I sheltered you know, in place. You know what I did do that was outdoorsy-ish is um, – I listened to Owls of the Eastern Ice. Oh, that is good. The book? Have you read it? Yeah. Okay. Have you guys read it? I haven't read it yet. Alex didn't, our, our teammate Alex didn't sell it really well. He's like, this is good, but, and he had some kind of disclaimer, and I'm like, well. Oh. The resident curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> it has dry I, moments. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't love a lot of, like, historical, like, it's not a story. I thought it would be more about... A guy, and he's going to tell you, like, how he's trying to save, like, these owls. And it's going to be very, like, you know, scientific and probably really boring. But I've seen a lot of people recommend it. So I've started listening to it. And it's read by the guy that – it's read by the author, mm. which also was like, eh. Hit or miss. Yeah. been here before. But it's very good. So this guy, he's, like – Trying to find, uh, they're called fish owls. I don't know. They're maybe like Blackiston owls or something is like a more official name. But he goes to Russia to try, that's basically kind of where they're from. And like snow and cold and like really harsh climates is where they are. And he goes there, but it's kind of, so far, it's, I haven't finished it. It's in three parts where he is scouting them. And there's a lot of like different stories of like, He's going into Russia, and he there's people, like, in the woods that he finds, and then, like, they get stuck when, like, the ice starts melting, and there's a lot of different, like, crazy stories that go along with it. Um, and then the second part is he's trying to trap them. Um, so that's where I am now is where he's trying to create – he's found a few. He's trying to create traps to, like, put the little – detectors on their back and then next will be him trying to like go through the data and um track them and, and see where they are and create the conservation plan and then he meets good. up with a russian spy <laughs> okay. james reese yeah <laughs> that's part of the most entertaining uh thing in the book is the 
the Russians and the people like he goes yeah. to these really small towns yeah. where it's just like there might be 300 people in these huts and, you know, telling the story of sitting around and they're slamming vodka all night and stuff. It, yeah. It's very entertaining. They say that in a lot of these small Russian towns that basically like the polite thing to do is if a Russian <laughs> brings a bottle of vodka to the table and you're like new in the community and they don't really know you. The vodka must be finished. And they said that a lot of, like, local vodka makers don't even put caps on the bottle. It's just foil because there's no such thing as leftover vodka. Like, you have to drink it. (laughs) And so there's a lot of stories of, like, okay, they went to this new town and then someone brings in vodka. And he's He's like, like, oh, "Oh, man, I got to get up early in the morning, like, try to try all this snow. Yeah. That's wild. (laughs) Um, If you like that book, I think it's uh, Never Cry Wolf by Farley – Hang on, I gotta look up the name here. I can't remember who wrote it, but there, that, it's apparently a film, so I couldn't find uh, without extensive amounts of time lapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's an interesting thing. This this biologist goes up to Alaska to live with these wolves, and he mm. he ends up staying in this old guide shack, and he he's doing all the similar research, and because people, the hypothesis was that wolves were killing the big game, and he actually found through living with them basically that they were mostly just eating mice the wolves were yeah it was kind of like and then he had really interesting um observations on their um when they do do hunt how they would do it they would like false charge uh you know baby caribou um you know a, a, a a young caribou and they're they're gonna see how it responds and they would do this over and over in a field and the caribou don't run like they they won't leave uh, if they're if they're in this this field grazing, and they would do this until they found one that they found thought to be the weakest, and then they would all go in on that one. Oh. And so they weren't taking uh, the theory was they were killing the game and they were you know hurting their trophy population and all this stuff. But this biologist basically living with these things found that that wasn't true. It was, it's a really interesting read. I will say there's a tinge of anti-hunting yeah. tone to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, just like Coyote America, if you, you know, you, there's going to be parts of that book you might not like, but I think everybody should read it. Well, it's yeah, really you have to see it. Like the author is typically a biologist that has focused their life's work on yeah. studying this animal. Right. So that's the lens. And you can, I, you know, we know biologists that are into that and then, you know, they're still pro hunt or whatever, mm-hmm. it, but there you do get into, the, sometimes they aren't, but I mean, I'm always interested in learning from these guys who spend, I mean, you think hunters spend a lot of time in the field. This guy lived in a hunting shack across from their den with them for the entire summer. It's super yeah. interesting. It makes um, it makes it better to advocate for hunting if you can understand like both sides of the argument too. So yeah, like yeah. sometimes they have good points, but yeah. you know, there's always yeah. counterpoints. I I dude, I watch I used to, not anymore, but I I cuz I don't have time, but I used to like I'd watch vegan movies, doc- documentaries just to see how they position, you know, their arguments. Um so I want to just we're down to the last couple minutes here. I want to give a uh, a promo of again this crew uh in some form or another is going to be at great american outdoor show Gales. which is gayos uh <laughs> if, inside joke we can't say gayos that's the acronym <laughs> and we can't say it here without one of us following up as gayos uh gayos come on. okay anyways uh so uh, so so we're going to be there and along with 200,000 other people, it is the world's largest outdoor show. There are, I think, a 1,000-plus brands and vendors going to be there. Um, we're going to have some insanely smoking hot deals. We will have free 
gifts of some kind uh, for people who wear the reward shirt. So if you got a Go Wild reward shirt, um, you can wear it to the booth. We are booth 412, I believe. We're right up front when you come in. Um, we're going to be selling these new tack bags we got, the, the Thrifty 50s. We're going to be selling uh, a ton of optics and garments. And the, the, the deals of the century will be there. So uh, the, these are the best deals we've ever had. You can also come out and just like hang out with us goobers if that's your thing. Um, I will be there with Erica the first weekend of the show. And then I'm coming back midweek. And then at some point, Erica, Dan, and uh, Erica will leave. Dan will be there and overlap with Jacob and Braden. And then the last weekend, the three of us will be there, Braden, Jacob and Brad. So uh, we'll have a schedule we're going to put out of who's going to be there when. We're going to also have like Bill Thompson. I talked to him last night. He's coming. Um, I'm trying to get Lynn Hoffman there. So if you're familiar with the the Hoffman life on the the socials uh, or Lynn and Lacey Hoffman on Go Wild, um, we're going to have some folks like that there. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm I'm just like super pumped. Me and Dan were over here a little bit yesterday, and Dan was tooling around on the booth. The booth's looking great. Um, uh, so, so yeah, come out, get some deals on stuff, get to meet some of the folks that you show up and listen to every week on these podcasts, um, you know, eat some fair food and tour it. You've seen it. It's get insane. Your Polish sausage. This, I mean, this is like the Mecca for outdoor shows. Yeah. People that want to go to shot and you say like, I wish they'd do public shows. This is as close to shot as you can get. Yep. I mean, they'll take, have somebody come and take me and Jacob fishing also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if somebody knows the, the rivers, I think we're right by the Susquehanna. And we are. Yeah. So, yeah. um, shout out for that. If anybody's got tips or, or wants to come along, I don't care. Whatever. Uh, as long as you're not a serial killer. Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. looking to get serial. Do we killed. know how to qualify yeah. for yeah. that? Just let uh, us know if you are. Uh, yeah. Let me, let, yeah. Just, uh, if you could just tell us Fair that, warning. send me a message on go wild and I'll, we'll do a background check. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, See you.